Hi, thank you for tuning into the Shorts Decks. I'm Lisa Quintero, young adult librarian. My co-host Nick is on a break this week, but I have two very special guests, Nathan and Kate, our clerks at the Shorewood Public Library, who will be talking to me about some graphic novels and comics. But first, I'm going to share some library news. So I'm going to start with the bad news first. Um, we are going to be going to curbside only at the Shorewood Library starting on Wednesday, November 25th. Um, so we will be open that day, Wednesday, November 25th, but after the, the Thanksgiving holiday, we will be going to curbside exclusively. So if you would like to browse anytime before then, we will be open before then, but after that date, uh, you can call us or put a request online for any materials that you like, and uh, we will be able to give them to you via curbside. So you would just simply call us with your library card number again, like we did in the spring, and uh, one of our clerks will run the items out to you. We are also looking into some ways to help those of you who enjoy the browsing experience at the library. So we will probably be putting up some new book lists and things on the website, but we will also are looking into offering some bundles. So if you uh, are interested in a specific genre or, or you know want a librarian to pull some items for you, you can either email us or there might be a form. So keep an eye out on our website and our social media for that. Uh, we are working out the details right now. We don't know exactly when we will be opening again. It all kind of depends on COVID numbers in the area. We closed due to uh, recommendations from the North Shore Health Department and the current COVID burden in the North Shore area. So we will, you know, post that stuff online once we have more information, once we we're ready to open again. But in the meantime, curbside is, is what we're going to be doing. Uh, so we also have our kits coming up. So we do have some activities that you can do at home. So on Monday, November 23rd, there's going to be a Tinker Lab kit. So if you know any kids in third grade or up who are looking for something fun to do, there's going to be a kit involving light upgrading cards. So they can make a circuit with some copper tape and some LED lights and make a cool holiday card or just some sort of art piece if they like. So pick one of those up. You can either pick it up curbside or you can come in during our open hours and while we are still open to the public until Wednesday. Um, on Tuesday, uh, there's going to be a rhyme time with Miss Heidi at 9 a.m. online. So check that out. And there's no, not going to be an art cart this week due to the holiday, but the following week there will be an art cart and that you can pick up via curbside because by that point we will be closed. And then the other thing coming up is there is the adult uh, evening book club with Haley. So check that out. The information is on the Shorewood Public Library calendar at shorewoodlibrary.org. And then finally, the next event that's coming up before the next podcast is the Holiday Book Talk with Daniel Golden. And as some of you know, Daniel is the owner of Boswell Books here in Milwaukee, and he um, does our book talk every year on what the best reads of the year are. So if you're looking for ideas for holiday gifts or you're just looking for something for yourself, be sure to check that out. That is going to be Saturday, December 5th from 11 a.m. till 12.30 p.m. via Zoom. You can find the Zoom link on our calendar at shorewoodlibrary.org. All right, well, let's go on to From the Stacks. I'm here with Nathan and Kate, uh, two of our clerks at the Shorewood Library. Uh, do each of you want to introduce yourselves? Sure. I am Kate. I've been a clerk at Shorewood for about 10 years, and I love comic books and graphic novels, always have. Um, I'm a member of a comic book group uh, book club 
and I just love comics, love talking about them. Awesome. Hi, I'm Nathan B. I'm the senior clerk at the Shorewood Public Library, and I've been here for 13 years-ish, and I enjoy comics and graphic novels pretty casually. I'm not part of a book club. I just like them. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I actually go to Kate and Nathan for a lot of recommendations. I'm the person who orders the adult graphic novels and the teen graphic novels at the Shoreward Library, and they often have good things to recommend. So we're going to be talking to them today a little bit about what they've been reading lately. So, um, Kate, what have you been reading lately? Sure. I just read a great horror comic called Uzumaki by Junji Ito, and it is a Japanese comic, sometimes called a manga, um, and it is about a small fictional village called Kurozucho, where there is a spiral that is haunting the village. The shape, a spiral is haunting it. So it starts out very (laughs) slow. Yeah, it's kind of weird. (laughs) Um, It starts out with just this boy, Shuichi, and his father sees spirals everywhere. And so you think maybe his father is just sort of going insane. Mm -hmm. uh, And Shuichi is like dealing with that. And it's sort of, it almost starts out as like a teen drama thing where like you're not sure what's going to happen. Because his father sees the spirals, and you see the spirals too in the art, uh-huh. but it doesn't really come across as like a horror thing because it's a shape. Mm-hmm. And then the deaths start happening, um, and they are weird and terrifying. Like Shuichi's father puts himself into a basin. So that his body, like all of his bones break and he becomes a spiral. And what? Yeah. (laughs) Strange. (laughs) When he's cremated, the smoke goes up from the crematorium into this spiral cloud that then comes down into Dragonfly Pond, which is like at the center of their village and it spirals down into the pond. So you're like, oh, maybe something larger is happening here. Uh, but like as Shuichi and his girlfriend Kirei, uh, sorry, Kirei, Kirie, try to sort of make sense of these things, things become like just so cosmic horror, just utterly impossible things, which is, you know, more interesting to me than (laughs) a like slasher horror type story. Because you're trying to figure out the mystery of just this shape and why a shape would be doing these things. You know, it's not a god. It's not a monster. It's mm. a shape that seems to occur everywhere. And it's it permeates the art. So you almost feel like it's infecting you too, which I mm. think is just so cool about graphic storytelling that when you're, the art is integral to the story in a way mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily if you're if you're reading prose, you know, some of that wouldn't come across. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about graphic novels. Cool. Um, have you read any other of uh, Junji Ito's stuff? I have not. Have you got a good one to recommend for me? This is the first of his I've ever seen. 
So the we have a couple that I ordered for Shorewood, um, but they're like I've only read one of them, and it was it was more on the gore side. So I don't know if you'd be as into it because um, it's like a monster one. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, called Shiver. It's like a bunch of different short horror stories, um, and there there there's a lot of monsters, a lot of tentacles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can deal with that. Uh, yeah, thanks for the recommendation. I'd love to check that out. Yeah, and I just ordered one called The Venus and the Blind Spot, but I don't know that it's come in yet, and that one sounded really interesting as well. Um, so we'll have to see once it comes in what that one's all about. Totally. So what have you been reading, Nathan? Well, I recently watched The Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which got mm-hmm. me interested in the comics. Mm-hmm. Gerard Way, who happens to be the lead singer for My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what that was, so I recently read all three volumes of that, huh? which was very intriguing, and it was slightly different than the show, which I appreciated. What is the premise of Umbrella Academy? So, there is a professor that on like a random day, uh, all these women suddenly become pregnant and give birth to children. And these children okay. have special powers. And this professor goes around and like adopts all the children and raises them in the Umbrella Academy that he founds to, as he says, to save the world. Okay. Is and he like Professor Xavier in the X-Men? Kind of. He's this, like, very knowledgeable, but very cold and distant uh, father figure for all the children. And, yeah, there's... He's very strange. Because in (laughs) Volume 2, you kind of learn more about his background and history of when he was younger and starting this Umbrella Academy. And the first volume basically know nothing about him whatsoever okay and you said it's three volumes so far is it going to continue volumes um season one and two are on netflix all three volumes of the graphic novel have been released okay and i believe that's all there are to it i haven't heard anything about him continuing the uh series huh interesting yeah i've been curious about that i started watching the show um, but I have not read the graphic novels. I know we have one of his other series at the library. I think at Shorewood we have Doom Patrol. Um, and I've been curious about that one too, because some of the teens recommended it to me because they are obsessed with Gerard Way and My Chemical Romance. So one day, one day I'll read them. <laughs> I I loved his run on Doom Patrol, but it is very unusual. Like it's just, it breaks the fourth wall all the time and is just very, quite strange is is umbrella academy like that nathan do they ever like address the real world or address the audience not as much there's a lot more like time travel and paradoxes going on between okay. uh, for the time travel but not a lot of fourth world cool so kate what else have you been reading um so sort of in contrast to horror comics in general um i really like superhero comics and one Mm -hmm. that i really like is called unbeatable squirrel girl which is complete 
I know a lot of people have problems getting into superhero comics specifically because, you know, you don't know where to start and you don't know where to stop. An unbeatable mm-hmm. Squirrel Girl has 58 issues collected in 12 trades. So it's, you know, it, it's long. There's a lot of it, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a good thing. But it is complete. So you can just read read from book one to the last book and feel like you've got a full story there. Uh, and what I like a lot about Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is that it is funny and charming. Squirrel Girl was created in the 90s as kind of a joke character. You know, mm-hmm. the first time she comes out, she like fights Iron Man like you do in superhero comics. You have a meet cute by fighting a major he- hero. And then she defeats Doctor Doom in the end, but like sort of off screen and it's kind of a joke like Iron Man couldn't defeat Doctor Doom haha the girl with the squirrels defeated Doctor Doom Um, and then she was on the Great Lakes Avengers for a while and that whole book was about satirizing comic book tropes you know they had a thing where a team member would die in every issue they announced Um, Uh (laughs) it was like it was a very silly book so she was always sort of treated as this joke character but one of the jokes was that she would defeat these big bads completely off screen. So then, you know, the writers at Marvel sat down and they were like, what if we made that sort of serious? And so Ryan North started writing for her um, in this series, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl from 2014 to 2019. And, you know, she faces these huge names she faces galactus the planet eater uh, (laughs) not even the fantastic four can defeat um and she convinces him not to eat earth like you know they become buds (laughs) because you know sort of semi-seriously the the idea behind squirrel girl is do you want to hear a funny joke about this is a joke that squirrels find very funny do you want to hear a joke that squirrels find very funny yes please Squirrel proof bird feeder. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> There's no such thing as a squirrel proof bird feeder. You know, they they just try and they try a different thing and they try something until it works and uh-huh. they adapt. And yeah, so like a lot of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is about her solving her problems with the power of computer programming or uh-huh. making friends. Or, you know, relying on her teammates. But there is no problem that cannot be beaten, which makes it sort of the perfect young adult story. You know, teens are facing all these challenges. And Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is a good example of just don't give up. And then you're unbeatable. That's all (laughs) there is to it. And also, pro tip. There are extra jokes in all the margins. So you get more bang for your buck with an unbeatable Squirrel Girl story because they have all these footnote <laughs> jokes around the edges. Which are so funny. Um, so I, do, I do enjoy those, yeah. 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 So if you're looking for something light, but, you know, heartwarming and I think a, just a really good story, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Do we ever find out why she has a squirrel tail? Because I remember reading a couple of them being like, why does this girl have a squirrel tail? Like, is she like a mutant? What is going on? She's not bad. She was just drawn that way. Uh, she, <laughs> uh, 
I'm pretty sure she has a squirrel tail because Steve Ditko was like, well, she should probably have a tail. But uh, it does it does give her extra jumping ability. And yes, she's a mutant. Um, okay. So, yeah. I remember finding that very amusing of like how she's like trying to hide her squirrel tail into her clothing as she's going to school. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would you hide a squirrel tail in your pants? I don't know. <laughs> I am just normal girl, Dorian Green, with a very big bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, if I recall correctly, don't her squirrel minion friends help her out sometimes too? Don't they like throw acorns at people? <laughs> they do a lot more than throw acorns at people. <laughs> they have the squirrel army, which is apparently every squirrel in the world knows each other and is part of the squirrel <laughs> army. Um, so when, you know, they will give her information, they will help her by just jumping on and fighting somebody. One one of my favorite things that they do is they will all climb all over her to hide yep. her identity. So it looks like she's <laughs> fighting in a suit of squirrels. Yes. And sometimes they'll do that for other people so that Squirrel Girl can be in two places at once. Because <laughs> that person yep. over there wearing the suit of squirrels is obviously Squirrel Girl. So Doreen Green can't be Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, that is one of my connections to this book is I made that suit of just squirrels all over you uh, mm -hmm. to do a group cosplay with my sister and my niece, who was Nancy Whitehead, who is another character from the books, and my nephew who played Chipmunk Hunk. Um, and we all <laughs> went to Comic-Con just as various people from the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl book. Very cool. Very fun time. Did you just sew a bunch of like beanie babies to yourself? That is literally what I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to, um, I made squirrel tails for like cat, you know, I cut the ears and the tail off a cat beanie baby and then made it into a squirrel by making a new tail for it. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. And I believe we have all of those at Shorewood. Like, I think uh, the other two that you guys read, the Umbrella Academy and the uh, Uzumaki, I think, are ones that we don't have at Shorewood, but that you could request through County Cat. Um, but yeah, pretty sure we've got all the Squirrel Girls now. We definitely have all the Squirrel Girls in the, in the YA graphic novel section. You do a cool. great job of curating that. Well, thank you. Um, all right, Nathan. So what else have you you've been reading? Um, so recently I was just flipping through some of my older comics, which, mm -hmm. you know, I get out of the like 50 cent or a dollar bin at comic book stores just because I like the, the look of the cover or it reminds me of, you know, the classic 90s X-Men show. So mm -hmm. I, I recently read the Uncanny X-Men issue 279, which is the Muir Island Saga, where Colossus okay. comes back. I don't know that I've ever read that one. What happens? Um, well, Colossus is... Um, he has gone back to Russia to focus on his art, and he gets a, an altered identity earlier from Professor mm -hmm. Xavier so that he doesn't remember being Colossus. Okay. And, and then... Uh, a different entity psychically takes over his body and has a feud with Professor X. So 
Colossus is chasing Professor X all around um, the academy or whatever and trying to kill him, basically. Okay. Quite entertaining. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, you're a big uh, Deadpool fan as well, right? Yep, yep. Um, I've gotten a lot of his recent crossover work with Deadpool Spider-Man crossover. I was trying to go every week for a while and pick up the new episodes, uh, or new issues, and unfortunately I missed a few few weeks there, but I'm going to go back and pick those up with uh, when I can. (laughs) I feel like Deadpool's like unbeatable squirrel for like people who like a lot of violence <laughs> pretty <laughs> much it's like, um, but i he, feel he, like it's, it's just as funny but yeah i'll let you let you explain exactly what deadpool does yeah he although he, he might not be as inventive and uh at, at coming up with different ideas on how to defeat people his main too is just kind of like run at it and i'll heal or shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like those comics have a lot of it. Sometimes he what? Sometimes he stabs it with a sword. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah, I feel he like stabs a, himself with a sword. So I feel like a lot of his comics have a lot of those same kind of, you know, side jokes that um kind of like unbeatable squirrel where they there's just a lot of side jokes going on. Yeah, it, it's really helpful if you know Deadpool, Deadpool a little bit more when you read his comics because he does break the fourth wall and will just make jokes with you, uh-huh. the reader. <laughs> yep. Cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Uh, is there anything that either of you are looking forward to reading that is coming out soon? Uh, I'm looking forward to reading The Boys. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another TV show that I've been watching and I know that we have at least the first three volumes here at Shorewood Library, probably more. Hmm. And uh, I'm hoping to to read those at some point to compare and contrast with what I've seen. Hmm. Yeah, do you want to explain a little bit what the show's about? It's uh, kind of like if superheroes were run by mega corporations that had really good PR firms for covering up all the evil stuff that they do. And uh, a batch of kind of regular people are fighting back against that. So uh, it's very violent, very violent. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I watched the first season and I liked it, but yeah, it kind of reminded me a bit of the Watchmen. You know, with the how real the the characters are in terms of the superheroes and how flawed they are. Because you know, a lot of times in superhero comics, we see them as being these perfect beings that never mess up and the the characters in the boys or in the watchmen you know are these very messed up people very messed up people yeah so it's an interesting take on the whole like superhero super villain who's really the hero and and villain in this situation or are there neither Mm, yeah yeah, I feel like you know there's some, been some Batman comics in recent years like that too that are like is Batman really a hero or is he a villain because you know he's kind of crazy I mean why would you dress up in a Batman costume and like run around hurting people <laughs> but, yeah yeah so huh. yeah. I haven't read it yet but the current 
run on Daredevil is dealing with that very explicitly where um, Daredevil has realized that he accidentally killed somebody by, you know, beating them up because mm-hmm. you can't hit a bunch of people in the head all the time. Do Not it, kill somebody. Enacted <laughs> vigilante justice and never kill somebody. Um, so he's like facing justice and like finally reconciling what it means to be a vigilante and a lawyer. So I guess that I'm looking forward to reading when it when I can get my hands on it. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I'll have to check that out too. I, I really like Daredevil a lot, and you know, I like the fact that he's one of those superheroes who um, doesn't use guns or anything like that and tries not not to kill people. Like he's always like that's against his moral code. But it's it'll be interesting to see how he deals with actually having killed somebody. Yeah. And then another one on my list: um, the writer Ryan North from Unbeatable Squirrel Girl did a, recently did an adaptation of. Slaughterhouse-Five, which is one of my very favorite books. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to experiencing that through graphic novel format and seeing how they depict unstuck in time. Yeah. And, you know, I love love when people do creative things with art, and I'm sure they'll do something amazing with that. So, Yeah, or how they depict, like, the aliens and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Huh. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing, you guys, um, and for being on the show. And uh, if you like graphic novels, be sure to check out our graphic novel collection at the library. Uh, Most of these are available at Shorewood. And if not, you can get them through County Cat and get them from one of the other libraries through Interlibrary Loan. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments for our hosts, email us at shortstacks at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. Until next time. Thanks for listening and be well. This episode was produced and recorded by Lisa Quintero for the Shoreward Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. The song is called Ice Flow.